One night, while she was trying to sleep, however, she sensed a presence in the room with her. She looked up and saw a man standing at the end of her bed. She thought her eyes were playing tricks on her, so she closed her eyes for a minute, then she opened them again, and he was still there. And this is when he started to come towards her. Oh! Oh! Did you see that? (gasps) What? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? This is a part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <gasps> no! <laughs> no! That was scary. That was scary. That was scary. It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. three seconds ago because I got excited (laughs) (laughs) that's fine that's fun hi guys hi welcome back to girls and ghouls where we happily tell you about girls and ghouls (laughs) I'm in a good mood today I can tell it's 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 such a rare thing for me to be in a good mood it's not I feel like everything has just been like rolling off my back. Like people have done like someone cut me off this morning getting like literally this teenager was just like, you want to get gas? Nope. And he like got in front of me. Are you serious? Yeah. And under normal circumstances, I would have been like, all right, come at me, bro. No, not like that. In the car, I would have been yelling. Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten out of the car. Yeah. Um, But today I was like, you know what? He's probably late for his education. (laughs) So I should let him go. Oh my God. And then when he got out of the car to make things awkward. Just because I'm a butt like this. I like made eye contact with him and then I tiny waved at him. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yep. Even Gideon was embarrassed of me because Gideon was with me and he was like, do you know that person? I said, no. And he was like, why are you saying hi? (laughs) That's what we do, son. Yeah. We say hi to men we don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have some background Today, it's not people cutting grass, but my poor daughter is sick, and she's been home all week. She has bronchitis. Ambiance. So, yeah, so she'll cough every now and then. It's all good. Everything's fine. She's on meds. They're not ghosts. It's a living being. It's a living being coughing, yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so there's that. There's that. And also... I've started watching Dark. We'll talk about this briefly because it's really good. Yes. Let's talk about it because um, I have not. No spoilers. No spoilers. I promise. Okay. Marley says that I'm really bad about doing that too. So I'm, I'm trying to be better about that. <laughs> um, Marley has seen this whole show. It's a show on Netflix and it's actually a German show, mm-hmm. but there's English subtitles. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to watch it for so long. So I was like, I don't want to read the whole show, you know? Right. And I was concerned that they would have, like, these fast conversations and there's a lot of reading. But it's not like that, <laughs> thankfully. It's like 900 words a minute. You're like... <laughs> yeah. So there's... Um, it's, a, it's a series on Netflix about a small town in Germany where... I'm trying to think of what I can say. 
I need Marley to help me with this because she tells me what I you can You want me to cover my say. ears and be like, la, 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 la. She's coming to the railing. She's going to tell me what I'm allowed to say <laughs> without there we go. giving the show away. It's a really good show. It's really well done. And obviously, because it's German, it's nobody that I've recognized in the show. But the casting seems to be really good. Awesome. And there's a lot of families involved. Okay, so it's a small German town. There's already one little boy missing when the show starts. In this Mm -hmm. small German town. There's all these families. They've been in this small town since they were kids. And now they're grown up and they have kids. And so it's multiple generations of the same family living in this small town. That's really all the small town is. And there's a nuclear power plant in the small town. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a group of teenagers that are hanging out. And another little boy goes missing. Mm -hmm. Um, Literally just vanishes is what it looks like. Because he's with them one minute and then he's not. And... So there's a lot of drama around that. And there's also this old man that just keeps saying it's happening again. It's happening again. Like that's, he's like, that's never good. He's kind of in this like nursing home environment. And he's just saying this over and over to himself. Like it's going to happen again or whatever. It's not about where they are. It's about when they are. Ooh. So it's a time travel kind of thing. And it's like 33 years between. Right these things occurring so right the show starts in 2019 and then there's 1986 and then 1950 whatever 33 years 53 so it's three different time periods involved in all these families and people going back and forth to the different time it's just it's really odd (laughs) it sounds awesome though in the trailer it says the the past affects the future. Right. But it also says the future affects the past. Nice. Yeah. So it's really, it's really like you have to really pay attention. Right. To all the details of every episode. And right. Because it's in German and you're, you know, reading it, it can get a little hard to follow, especially with all the different people and their names and stuff. But um, Bless it's heart. a really good show. And the way that it's filmed, it's like... It's dark. I mean, the name of the show is dark, but it's filmed and it's dark. Like, it's a deep, heavily wooded forest and there's caves and just, yeah. So this is like a lights out kind of show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. Kind of like Stranger Things. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So dark. Add it to your, like, Netflix. Netflix. Watch It's really good. Really good. And it's not a ton of reading. You don't have to worry about that. Good. Because I don't know how to read. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of, like, long conversations. It's more just dramatic, like, this is what's happening. And I'm excited. It's good. I'm only two episodes in. And I will tell you, each episode is like a mini movie. It's like a little over an hour long, so just be prepared. Yeah. That that means that I can stretch it out. Because one of the things that I do with shows that I'm really into is I end up watching it in, like, two nights. And then I have to wait for 20 years for another season to come out. So this I can stretch out. And I bet you I can get John on board to watch it. He's just he's just thankful that, or he will be thankful that it'll be something that isn't, like, horrific. Because I've been like, hey, let's watch this. Let's watch this. And he's like, Aaron, please. I don't yeah. like scary movies. <clears throat> it's, um, so. it's really interesting. Perfect. Perfect. So I know that he's listening to this because he listens to every episode, apparently. Um, Hi, John. Hi, John. Husband, we're listening, or we're watching this uh, show. <laughs> we're going to start. If we haven't already started by the time this goes live. (laughs) And he'll know that my sneaky suggestion of, hey, you know what would be fun? Let's try this show randomly. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was preemptive. Yes. Awesome, though. Yeah, like, very good. So, so good. I definitely mm-hmm. want to watch it. I love stuff like that that's like, I love like time travel and just. Yeah, and this enough. isn't time travel in like the nerdy way. Right. Where it's like, we're going to build a time machine and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. The way that it's being done in the show. Because I saw in the end of the second episode, you see the first glimpse into it and it's like what is that what's happening yeah 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 so it's good stuff there's another um it's a book but i i think they turned it into a show about like it's time travel it's an american show Mm -hmm. um but it's not like let's build a time machine it's like someone's built a time machine and they're going back to all these different things and trying to change things and this girl is like oh it's up to me to fix no she's not happy about it um but at one point they end up at that um oh my gosh what's that hotel the the murder hotel at the world hotel no 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 no. the one that was like it was like the first american serial killer with the with the oh man at the world's the world's fair or something i don't know oh man it's bad he built the entire hotel strictly for the for murdering people oh well that's fun yeah but she ends up <laughs> like that was a real thing but in the book she ends up there like over and over and over and oh, over wow. again because he keeps killing her <laughs> i mean really the only great american movie we have about time travel is bill and ted's excellent adventure and that was <laughs> an excellent adventure and i'm so excited that they're doing another one I'm not. I wish they'd leave stuff alone. But it's the same people, and I love them I know. so much. I'm really kind of shocked that Keanu Reeves signed on for that, because that's such a stupid movie. I love Keanu it. Reeves, <laughs> but I just, you know, come on. I'm just sad that I feel like if Bill and Ted get another movie, and I'm going to get crap for this, and I know it. If Bill and Ted get another movie, why can't Austin Powers have another movie? I want to see Mike Myers. Oh my gosh. As Austin Powers and Dr. I Evil love all of the Austin Powers movies. I so love them. Funny. I quote them to this day. They're so funny. <clears throat> they're so good. Did you hear that Vern Troyer died recently? I mini know. Me? I saw. I don't. That makes so sense. So Dr. Evil wouldn't have a mini me if they have another he'd be Austin Powers. Inconsolable. He really would. For about five minutes and then he'd go and make a new one. <laughs> of course, he and he and his son Scott kind of reconciled there. At they the end. did. Because he gave him freaking sharks with laser beams on their freaking heads. <laughs> I spent so much time when the kids ask me for things. I go, how about no, Scott? And they're like, no. They're like, zip Scott? it. Zip it. <laughs> when the problem comes along, you must zip it. <laughs> zip it good. <laughs> we could go oh, all day on this. We could have a whole episode of just quoting Austin Powers. All day. And that's truly the terrifying part of this podcast. <laughs> How much of pop culture we know. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're friends. This is why. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, that's Kirsten. Yep, and that's Aaron over there. And you'll eventually know that, and we'll <laughs> stop saying it maybe one day. Maybe one day. Oh, do you want to hear something funny? Paranormal sure. funniness? Sure. So I was doing research for my story today, and it, and it landed me with a paranormal research team that I just – I kind of fell in love with this team because they're ridiculous. Like, oh God. they're not even like a, they're not a bad research team. It's just a couple of members of the team. You're like, why are you, <clears throat> why are you doing what you're doing? 
Like not in, not in a an idiot Zach way, but in a oh, like human. They're not like come at me, bro. Come Cut at me no. up with this hatchet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but they were talking about random weird things that they've learned since becoming a research team in this mm-hmm. interview, and it turns out one of the random things that they learned was that Pennsylvania is the state that has the most Bigfoot sightings. Are you serious? <laughs> Aaron, is it just you? It's me and my hairy just toes, like I'm lurking just around lurking at night. in the forest, looking for <laughs> food, foraging, you know, scavenging. That's what I do. <laughs> but Bigfoot, y'all, he, we've got, we've he's got, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we've got like the Gettysburg ghosts, we've got the the penitentiary ghosts, and Bigfoot. This is clearly a state that was created by God. Um, <laughs> Come at us, bro. Awesome. We got Bigfoot. I, I want to go. Like now so now there to needs go. to be an epic movie that's like the Battle of Pennsylvania between the ghosts and yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be zombie soldiers versus Bigfoot. And they, the same people who made Sharknado can make it. Heck yeah. Or what about that? What was that movie that we that we saw last year? We watched part of it at the at the retreat. Oh God! With the the zombies, the 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 Nazi zombies on flying sharks. Oh Jesus! Remember? No, I must have blocked that (laughs) out. That sounds horrible. It's so bad that it's only on YouTube. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Zombie Nazis on flying sharks. On flying sharks, and they're like mechanical looking, like they got like robot fins and stuff, and they fly up in the air and they attack people in planes. That's my favorite thing ever. I know. I don't remember that. I'll have to go look so it up good. again. It's so good. <clears throat> That's awesome. Did you watch any of the Sharknado? Heck yeah, those are my favorite. Did you watch the one about the the sharks that were in the ice? Yeah. Like the prehistoric sharks? <laughs> yep. That one is my favorite because of one scene. There's a scene where at the beginning they show all these little snow bunnies in their bikinis in the hot oh. tub. And then later on, when the sharks come out of the ice, a shark comes up through the floor of the freaking hot tub <laughs> and eats the snow bunnies. <laughs> it's the funniest scene in the whole movie. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Like, really? I liked, there was a movie that's on Netflix, and it's it's so funny, where they're all in, the, they've been kidnapped by this rich person who's like just a weird sicko and he throws them in this like water maze and there are like sharks that like come and attack you and this girl's like oh no what are we gonna do and then the shark just like rips her in half it's pretty funny (laughs) i mean at the end of sharknado ian Ziering goes up in the helicopter and then jumps into the mouth of the I know, shark. And he like saws. And then he chainsaws <laughs> open the shark to pull Tara Reed out of it. I mean, I love it. I love it's pretty amazing it. stuff. Oh, what's the shark movie with Brooke Hogan? See, this is my jam, y'all. I could do I'm going to start a podcast about bad shark movies because they're my favorite. They are they're, my the, favorite. Yeah. Just bad movies in general bad movies with animals, with some it. kind of crazy animal. Seriously? Get on Netflix right now, you guys. No, not right now. After this episode is over, and go add big ass spiders to your watch list. That movie will change your life. <laughs> it's the best. Big ass. It's called Big Ass Spiders. Yeah, it will That's change awesome. your life. It's amazing. It's motivational, <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> it's the best. Hey, so. didn't you tell me that you had a fun fact? That was it. My Bigfoot fact. Oh, okay. We That's have Bigfoot. Awesome. The most. Yeah, See, Bigfoot. I thought Bigfoot was out west, you know? 
Like, Why? I don't know. I just had this thing that, like, I thought, you know, <clears throat> when I feel like when they people go Bigfoot hunting, they're not like, la, 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 let's go. They're in, like, Montana. Yeah, they're in, like, Montana or <clears throat> Wyoming or other places that are not here. <laughs> no, they're in freaking Pennsylvania. Look at They're never Bigfoot. in Georgia. Well, that's because Bigfoot doesn't like to be hot. No, it's too hot. Here. Or happy, apparently, since he's taken up residence in Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Oh, that's so funny. What's going to be really funny is one day when somebody supposedly traps Bigfoot and they find out that it's just like a big hairy man that's been living in the woods because he he's don't so hairy people. that he's been shunned by society. Yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> it's probably what it is. <clears throat> yeah. Poor Harry Man. Listen, Harry Man Bigfoot person, if you're listening. Please tell me you've watched Harry and the Hendersons. Heck yeah, I've watched Harry and I the Hendersons. I love that movie. Oh my gosh. I grew up on that movie. <laughs> I don't know of anybody who hasn't. Do people not watch it? Though I'll, I'll admit. Our I'll, generation has, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But when I've talked to like my younger sister about movies, you know, I'm like, you remember this movie? And she's like, that movie was so bad. It'll be like See? really good movies. It's funny because, you know, Mark is only five years older than me, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like a lot. But when you start talking about things that you watched or grew up on in your childhood, it's a vast difference. It is. Like, the movies that he grew up on are so dumb. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from this, I bet you, from our male listeners. And they're going to get mad at me. And I want to hear from you if you think this is horrible and that my husband is right. Because his favorite movie of all time... Is Flash Gordon. Oh. Flash Gordon. He can save every one of us. (laughs) Oh. He loves that movie so much. And I think it is one of the lamest. That and The Last Dragon. I don't know that one. Have you ever seen that one? Okay. Imagine a kung fu movie. Oh, God. Set in Harlem. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Oh. I know know this one. You know The Last Dragon. I and the, the villain, I can't remember his name. I don't What's know. his name? It's something really stupid. Um, but, it, like, he has that red glow when he's getting ready to fight. It's so oh bad. Oh, my God. Yeah. John's favorite movie is Willow. Bruce Leroy so. is the hero. <laughs> what? John's favorite movie is Willow. So, I mean, I can't. Oh, gosh. I can't say anything about your husband's <laughs> taste. My husband's <sighs> is Willow. And then this terrible movie, Ronin. Which is nothing but high-speed car chases with no music for hours. Wow. It's just, like, so bad. Oh, I've seen that movie, and I left in the middle of it. I went to the theaters to see it. Yeah. It's awful. He loves it. He gets into it. He's like, yeah, look, at them. look at them turning their car. Like, <laughs> so the villain in The Last Dragon is Shownuff. Shownuff. Shownuff, and he fights Leroy. Oh, my gosh. Bruce Leroy. <laughs> It's the dumbest movie ever, and he loves it. He loves both of those movies. Do you know what dumb movie I like? What? The Highlander. I like Highlander. God. I walk around the house going, there can be only Juan. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of my favorites. I love that movie, and it's so bad. That's hilarious. so bad, but it's so good. It is bad. Sean Connery all flamboyantly like, let me show you how to be a Highlander. (laughs) <laughs> this is the best like and then they ruin them then they turn them into this like weird like back to the future crap and different podcast we need a different like this yeah. is the podcast where we discuss ghosts not obscure obscure movies that i love so. 
My favorite movie is So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's and so most people good. have never seen that movie. How can you not see? I know. If That's one can, of my favorite. No. That is by far my favorite movie. And most people have never heard of it. And I love it. I love his poetry. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Oh my god, it's so good! So there's your homework, guys. If you haven't seen that movie, I think it's on Netflix. I think I I own it. I own it too. So I, I, but I think I saw it on Netflix. Go! I love it. it. See, it's it's Mike Myers Mm -hmm. who plays Austin Powers, and Mm -hmm. I love Michael Myers. I love him, and he plays himself or not himself, but he plays the character, main character, and he also plays his dad in the movie, and it's so funny because his dad is hysterical the stuff that he says about his younger son yeah <laughs> it's just so funny that man is okay so talented. we'll stop because honestly oh i could quote that movie all day long all day it. long <clears throat> so are we ready to tell scary stories <laughs> yeah okay who's going first today i think you are i think it's me yeah it is you all right <clears throat> are we ready we're ready let's get scary all right today we are going to journey to new orleans Circa Great. 1836. Awesome. This <laughs> yes. is my favorite place to be and favorite time. Yes. So, in New Orleans in 1836, there was a grand house built at 716 Dauphine Street for Philadelphia-born dentist Joseph Colton Gardet. <clears throat> now, this house still stands, and it was very unique right from the beginning because it was one of the few houses in New Orleans at the time that was painted pink. So the house was painted pink. Um, it's a very large house. It's four stories. It's a big, big, big house on the corner of mm-hmm. uh, Dauphine Street. Um, and before anybody even lived in it, it was a very prominent place just because of how elaborate and huge it was. Right. Um, and it was also one of the only houses at the time to have a windowed half basement and first an elevated first floor. Oh. So three years after it was constructed, the house was sold to a wealthy Creole plantation owner by the name of Marley's going to laugh at me because she speaks French and I don't. Jean Baptiste Lepret. Lepret, Lepret. I don't know. Something like that. And you're supposed to have the phlegmy thing like Lepret or whatever, and I can't do it. So anyway. <laughs> Jean-Baptiste lived there with his family. He added wraparound balconies. He outfitted the mansion um, in an opulent way, just very fancy and elaborate and whatever. And they were a very wealthy family. Um, Like I said, he was a plantation owner, had a lot of money. So um, his family lived in the home until 1873. And at the time... All of New Orleans, including Jean-Baptiste and his family, started facing some financial strain. Right. Um, So during the latter years of his home ownership in the late 1800s, he was, you know, dealing with all this financial stress. And he was approached by a wealthy young man from Turkey who was looking for a house to rent for his brother. He said he had an older brother who was a wealthy Turkish sultan. Oh. And he needed a house to rent. So to get out of... Are you having light bulbs go off? Like, you know this story? I think I've heard of this. Okay. It's a really good one. So Jean-Baptiste decides that he will go ahead and rent this house. So he signs a two-year lease for them to live in this house. And uh, 
so um, the Turk moved into the house in roughly 1871-ish. Um, there's not an exact date on here. So the Turks, the Turk Sultan and his entourage of beautiful young women and muscular men moved into this home at 716 Dauphine Street. Um, the character of the house underwent a dramatic change. They put up heavy draperies so that no light would get in or out of the house. They put up a fence in the front with a locked gate on it. The doors were always closed and locked. Um, they put a padlock on the front gate. And there were men armed with, um, I don't know how to say this word, scimitars. And Ooh. I can tell you what those are in a minute. There were men armed with scimitars who stood around the clock around the house as guards. Now, scimitars, if you think of Aladdin, uh -huh. <laughs> this is what I had to use as a reference. You know those really short, uh, curved swords yeah, that get yeah. wider at the end? Yeah. That's what a scimitar is. Oh. So, and they were Turkish, so that's what they had. So, it's okay. not a place you'd want to, like, sell Girl Scout cookies. Right. Gotcha. Right. Because um, you probably couldn't even get past the gate. Thin mints, though. The neighbors said that there was always a very strong smell of incense coming from the house and the sound of this strange tinkling music could be heard. Um, shortly after all of this was done, they moved in a harem of women and boys into the house, um, along with eunuch bodyguards and oh assorted gosh. other servants. Um, nobody ever really left the home. People came in, but they didn't leave. Um, there were ongoing deliveries of food and supplies and a lot of rumors of drug use because the whole time the Turkish, the Turk Sultan and his harem and all of this entourage and stuff were there for this two-year period, they, there was a lot of smell of hashish and opium, um, wild parties running all day and night. It was very loud constantly for two years. It's like right. an ongoing, basically they said it was like an orgy for two oh, years. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that kind of a thing. Um, so nobody really knew what was going on in the house. They just knew that there were some wild parties and it was just kind of always going on no right. matter what time of day. Like I said, they had these huge draperies. Nobody could see in. Mm -hmm. Nobody left. They were just always there. So there were a lot of rumors also that this Turkish Sultan, um, he had hoarded boxes of treasure. Um, and so he had that in this house with him. He had all this treasure and gold. So... One night, a storm blows in, and a strange ship arrives in the harbor. Oh, no. And because of the storm being such a heavy rain and thunder and lightning, nobody really comes outside, so they don't pay attention to the men who get off of the ship. They don't really see anybody go anywhere, do anything, but right. a strange ship is in the harbor. The next morning, a neighbor is walking past the house and notices that the gate was unlocked for the first time in two years. Oh, no. And that the house was eerily silent. So the neighbor approaches the house only to find a stream of blood oozing under the front door, down the step, and under the gate. So the police were called, and they get there, and as they approach the, sw the front door, the door slowly swings open. They just barely push on it, and it swings open. It's unlocked for the first time in two years. Oh, my gosh. The officers saw a scene of such carnage 
that they had never seen before, and the smell of death and blood were so strong that most of the policemen couldn't even enter the house. They had to leave and go vomit. Oh, my gosh. So, the home, they said, resembled a butcher shop. Body parts and organs were strewn up and down the grand staircase. What? The wood floors were so slick with blood that you could hardly walk without falling. None of the neighbors had seen or heard anything because of the storm. But every single person in the house had not only been murdered, they had been dismembered. Oh my God. The mutilation was so bad that they couldn't even get a body count because they couldn't tell which limbs went to which body. (gasps) Oh no. Oh my gosh. The only person they were able to identify was the Sultan himself. Because he had been taken out into the back garden Mm -hmm. and buried alive under the tree in the garden. Oh, my gosh. When they got out to the garden, they were searching the grounds and they found part of a hand sticking up out of the ground. And they thought it was a glove and they realized when they started digging that it was his hand. And he had dirt under his fingernails. His mouth and lungs were completely full of dirt. He had been apparently beaten before he was buried alive. And he tried to claw his way out and he died under the tree. Oh my gosh. So, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happens here now. There's a lot of really bad juju. And if you're familiar at all with New Orleans, there's already some weird juju in New Orleans. Yeah. It's very much, you know, like voodoo kind of whatever. So, um, they did notice that along with all of these dismembered bodies, there was no treasure. It was gone. If there ever was any, it was gone. Right. And nobody really knows if there was any because it was such a secretive place. Right. So, after this happened, it was closed up. The house was kind of left to just kind of fall apart, um... And it was rapidly declining um, and almost became like a slum dwelling. Right. So in the, in the very late 1800s, there was an influx of Italian immigrants, very poor Italian immigrants into New Orleans. And this house became apartments. It was rented out as really cheap apartments. Um, there was an Italian woman who lived there, and she made her living washing clothes, and she would hang them out to dry along the top gallery. And one day, she fell over the ironwork to the pavement below and died instantly. And a lot of people thought, they speculated that maybe she tripped over some laundry, or there was a puddle of water on the floor, and she slipped and fell. Um, but... Some of the other tenants in the building, they claimed that she had been pushed by a spirit. Oh, my God. Um, Apparently, they had seen some things and heard some things, and they said that she had been murdered. (sighs) So, in 1949, the building at this point was owned by the New Orleans Academy of Art. And people constantly claimed that they would hear whispers Um, strange sounds could often be heard at night, especially the soft piping of oriental flutes, the pad of footsteps on the stairs, 
and many people said that the faces of the women in the Sultan's harem could be seen peering out of the windows. Oh my gosh. Many people reported the sound of screams, moans, and frantic running sounds coming from inside the house. That's terrible. It gets worse. No! (laughs) It gets worse. No, it gets better. (laughs) In the 1950s, the house was being used as an apartment building again. It was divided into nine units. Mm -hmm. Um, And in a newspaper interview... There was a tenant who lived there. Her name was Virgie Gypsy Poston. She was um, she was a choreographer and a dancer, and she became very famous later on. But at this point in time, she was just getting started in her career. She didn't have a lot of money. She was just looking for a really cheap place to stay. Right. And so she came across these apartments for rent. She didn't know the history of the building. She just knew that they were cheap, so she rented out one of the um, basement apartments that was, you know, the partially sunlight basement right so she um she said i didn't know about the legend or even that the place was supposed to be haunted so in her account to the newspaper she said my two-room apartment had only one door which opened into the main hall only a few yards from the foot of the enormous central staircase that wound its way up to the floors above I always kept it locked, and even if whoever it was had had a key, I think I would have had at least heard it turning into the lock. Yet there was nothing, only silence. One minute he was there, the next he was gone. She saw a man standing at the foot of her bed. Nope. Nope. Blonde hair looked just like the Turkish sultan who had lived there. She said he didn't seem hostile. He would just stand there and look at me, but it was terribly eerie and nerve-wracking. And so, of course, the first time she sees it, she thinks that she's dreaming. Right. So she kind of discounts it, right? She saw him a second time later. She saw him a second time a short time after this. She woke up, and he was again standing at the foot of her bed. She said that she kept eye contact with him this time and turned the light on, and he disappeared right in front of her. And she said it scared her so bad that she left all of her belongings and she went and stayed with a friend until she could go back and get her stuff and find somewhere else to live. So a few days later, she and her friend come back to the apartment to get her things. Mm -hmm. And she and her girlfriend, um, they they were standing in the hallway in the empty house. And as they turned and locked the door, they heard a blood curdling scream come from the blackness at the top of the staircase just a few feet from where they were standing. What? She said it was a long, shrill scream that ended in a horrible gurgle. (gasps) Almost as if somebody's throat had been cut. Oh, my gosh. She said we ran as if the devil himself were after us to the street door. For a moment, we even got wedged in the doorway as both of us tried to get out at the same time. We laugh about it today, but it was pretty frightening at the moment. The very next day, I got my things out of there. Yeah. I'd imagine that you would. Or just get new things. You know. Right? One of the two. (laughs) So, in 1966. Oh, we're not done. We're still doing this. Oh, my gosh. We're still doing this. In 1966, the house was purchased by Jean Domico, her husband Frank, and their part and a partner of his, Anthony Vesich Jr. It was in really bad shape. It needed a lot of repairs, so they decided to start restoring it and turn it into luxury apartments. 
Soon after they moved in, the neighbors started to tell her, tell Jean about the house's history and the bloody incidents that had taken place there. And she said, people would look at us a little curiously as to why we were even living in this place. Um, And she said that people at this point knew to stay away from the house. So like if they were walking on the sidewalk, they would cross the street Mm -hmm. to pass the house. They didn't even want to walk in front of it. They were so scared of it. But she dismissed the stories because she didn't believe in all of that. One night, while she was trying to sleep, however, she sensed a presence in the room with her. She looked up and saw a man standing at the end of her bed. She thought her eyes were playing tricks on her, so she closed her eyes for a minute. Then she opened them again, and he was still there. And this is when he started to come towards her. Oh, He moved towards her side of the bed, and she panicked and turned the light on. And imagine her surprise when he was no longer there. Oh. She said that her husband laughed at her when she told him about it, but she knows for a fact that she saw a tall, blonde man standing at the foot of her bed. Mm -mm. No. So... Now the house is for sale. Obviously. You can buy it for $2.65 million. It's still split into multiple units. It's in need of some serious renovations and restoration to restore it to its former glory. Oh. Uh, the historic bones are still there. And uh, apparently there's still a sultan lurking about as well. No. So that is the story, my friends, of the Sultan's Palace in New Orleans. No. No, 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 no. See, we burn it. We burn it to the ground. We burn it. <laughs> it's a beautiful home. I've seen. It's beautiful. You know, I've seen pictures of the Sultan's Palace, and I never did any like looking at it because it just there's so much in New Orleans that I like. Oh yeah, you can get lost in New Orleans in the story. So I have to like I veer away from it. I'm just like okay. This one was Too really much. intriguing to one, me because of the murder. That's a that's just the. The level of violence of of that. Violence. That's horrifying. Dismemberment, disembowelment. What? People, like, they found heads in one place and torsos in another and limbs here and organs there and just. And they don't know anything about who did it. They don't know who did it. It's still unsolved to this day. People don't even like to talk about it in New Orleans. Because they feel like you're going to get bad juju just talking about yep, it down there. I think we're going to get people bad still, juju talking people about it still here. Don't, they don't walk in front of the house. They still, to this day, cross the street to go past the house. What? Mm-hmm. I want to go. No, I don't. I want to see it. I don't want to go in it, I'm but I want to see it. it. So, so Sultan. Sultan has a harem. Why does he? Why do you think he only appears, or does it say like was there were there men that saw him, or was it just women? The stories are just women. You think he was and like looking to get his like ghostly action on, build his harem yeah. back up? I mean, he had all of that tra- taken from him, and he was the only one not cut up into pieces, right? And so. I would imagine he was probably forced to watch the murder and disembowelment and dismemberment of all of these people in his house. And they saved him for last and buried him alive. That's horrifying. No wonder he's wandering around. So, yeah. uh, I don't know if maybe he's trying to find who did it 
or if he's just trying to, you know, get back to his groove yeah. <laughs> with his with he's women. Like, yeah, American girls. But whoever it was, they got past the guards yeah. with the swords and everything else. So it had to have been multiple people, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Especially for that number of bodies. Like, yeah. it had to have been a lot of people who murdered everybody in there because it was women it was boys it was grown men oh my gosh yeah oh i don't like so that. much blood Blech. so much blood that it was literally just pouring out of the front door and down the steps oh can you imagine like discovering that like being that person to be like hey what's that what's that coming out of the door they said there was so much blood that you could smell it from the street you could smell the blood from the street gross that's the metallic yeah yeah oh yeah awful that is awful and i don't like it and i don't i i want to go you're welcome yeah thanks for that (laughs) thanks for that see i've been i've been sitting here going you know i love louisiana and i do i love louisiana oh yeah beautiful state really interesting place like it's unlike anything i've ever seen before but now i don't think i'm going i think that louisiana is getting new orleans we're not coming for you (laughs) It's off your list? It's off my list. No, I'd go. I'd go. But I have selfish reasons for wanting to go. I want some good food. I want some Creole food. Oh, man. Heck oh, yeah. man. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll even, I'll walk in front of the house on the other side of the street. And I'll wave. I'm like, sorry about your harem, dude. Some people have even seen the Sultan peeking out of the window. So you might see him. He might wave at nah. you. No, no, no. Isn't that awful, though? Like, they've, people have seen women's faces. Looking out the window. Yeah, that's terrible. I don't like that. It's awful. Yeah, it's really. Creepy. I don't know why that creeps me out so much, but it really does. Like random faces peeking. I don't like well, it. We really. talked about this when I did the one about the dolls. Yeah. We talked about how people would see Robert the doll peeking that's out wrong. the window. That's Was it Robert that was peeking? Yes, it was Robert. Or was it? Yeah. It was Walter. It's just don't peek out the windows. No. Don't touch me and don't peek. Right. <laughs> Those are the rules. That's right. That's... I don't like it. Ugh. Nope. Something that's not supposed to be looking out the window, looking well, out the window yeah. at you, that's just wrong. But you know, I don't like it when living people peek out the window. I'm like, <laughs> get your head back. No. Why are you looking at me, weirdo? Like, <laughs> it just unnerves me. I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. cool. Like, I see dogs and cats peeking out of windows. That's fine. I'm that weird person who's like, oh, animal. But people, I'm like, what do you But when people, looking? usually it's because they're being nosy, right? They'll like, pull the curtain back a, just enough. And it's, yeah, it's like that weird thing. Like, they're being sneaky, so you only see just mm-hmm. a little bit of their face. And mm-hmm. because they're trying to look, they're either squinting or their eyes are really big. And yeah. that, neither of those expressions are welcoming. Just so you have guys you know. Ever, have you ever, like, driven past somewhere and you just happen to glance over and you abs- accidentally make eye contact with somebody? Yes. I hate that so much. I've done it a few times. I do it and all it's the time. just like, oh, okay. We're just going to keep driving. Like, Sorry. Nice to make this. I feel like connection. I violated their privacy. I looked at your eyeballs. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I looked at weird. them. They were uncovered. <laughs> uh, creepy, creepy. That is creepy. So, bleh. But awesome. <laughs> I loved it. It's yeah, so it's a great story. So good. Such a good story. <laughs> Feel that tingle down your spine? Is someone watching you? What's that shadow? I get it, this haunted tale is a little scary, but it's fine, it's fine. 
because you can share that scary feeling and talk it out in our free community. Head to facebook.com backslash groups backslash girls and ghouls to hang out with the rest of our ghoul friends and share your own spooky stories. Okay, enough chit chat. It's time to get scary. Where are we going next? Well, I'm kind of scared to tell you. <laughs> God. We're going to Baltimore. Oh, okay. okay. There's a lot of creepiness in yeah. Baltimore. So do you remember you remember I suggested a hotel to you when Okay. Oh lord, you did. I did. Okay. So guys, just to give you some uh, backstory here. Kirsten was here for a week a couple of weeks ago. And we spent some time in Pennsylvania and then we also spent some time in Baltimore. And we had to get a hotel in Baltimore overnight. And we looked through a bunch of them. And one hotel that I found that I was very interested in was the Lord Baltimore Hotel. And it immediately came up on a list of haunted places. So Kirsten was yeah, like, she's no. like, we could stay there. I'm like, no, thanks. She, yeah, she was out. She was like, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. <clears throat> Not having it. So I didn't do any research on it while I was there beyond that, like, the manager was like, no, this isn't terrible. It's not a bad place. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I need to do this story. I need to find out what the Lord Baltimore Hotel is all about. So that's what we're talking about this week is the Lord Baltimore Hotel. And it's very, um, very active occupancy, we're going to call them. <laughs> so... <laughs> The Lord Baltimore Hotel was opened in December of 1928, and it was designed by a very prolific, well-to-do New York designer. So this was supposed to be like a top-of-the-line, uber-glamorous hotel, and it was. Huge, huge building. I think it's like 22 floors, towered over everything. It was the largest hotel in Maryland for a really long time, and it's still one of the tallest in Baltimore. So really fancy, ritzy hotel. And it was owned by a name, uh, by a name, it was owned by a man named Harry Busek, and he loved his hotel. Like, he was all about it. This was his, like, his passion, his lifeblood. He just loved it. Um, unfortunately, when he died, his kids were like, we don't want this hotel anymore. So they sold it for $7 million, and no one could really keep their hands on this hotel for some reason. It changed hands like three times after that. <clears throat> and then it closed in 1982 due to severe disrepair. This once fabulous hotel turned into a rundown, like slummy looking hotel and just not pretty. No one wanted to stay there. It was reopened again in the 90s because the Radisson bought it. And then the Hilton had it. And it changed hands again like four or five more times over the span of a couple of years. It finally sold in 2013 to the Ruble Hotels. Rubble? Ruble? It doesn't matter. For $10 million, And that's who has it now. And they have come to really embrace the things that were kind of driving people away. People didn't want to stay. They remodeled the hotel. They made it beautiful, and it is, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely one of the most stunning hotels I've ever seen. It really it's is. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Beautiful. But uh, despite that it is beautiful, it does have its, it has its quirks, and it has a little bit of a darker history that people don't know about. Um, in fact, there isn't a whole lot on record about everything that's happened in the hotel, but there is a lot of um, hush-hush, like these things happened. 
Okay, so this this hotel wasn't built on an ancient burial ground. Nothing bad. Um, there were no serial killers. There were no violent crimes or anything like that in the hotel. But because it's a 22-floor hotel, accidents happened. And some of those accidents were not quite accidents. So one of the things that happens a lot or has happened a lot in that hotel is a lot of suicide. It's a 22-story hotel. We've talked about the Cecil Hotel and all the suicides there because it was a large hotel. This is the same story. People went up to the you know higher floors and they jumped, including a couple. So a couple, and this one is recorded, a, a man and a woman together in a suicide pact jumped from the 19th floor. Um, they died immediately on, on impact. Yeah. But a mother and her young child jumped oh. from the 19th floor. Now, there's some speculation about why would a mother grab her child's hand? Because apparently they were holding hands. Why would a mother grab her child's hand and jump from the 19th floor? And then a young girl playing with a ball. You know, she's playing with the ball on the 19th floor. She's got, there's an open balcony. She's rolling her ball. The ball rolls off the balcony. She tries to grab oh. it and falls off the balcony. So those oh, are... That's so sad. So sad. So those are three of the larger, the more like talked about, like recorded events. Those are the things that happen. Those are the things that the managers, if you call the hotel and you ask them like, okay, what's legit and what's not legit? Those are the things that they'll tell you. Mm -hmm. There are other suicides. People that lived in the area have talked about like, oh yeah, this happened, this happened, this happened. But it wasn't like, well... It wasn't like a demonized hotel. You know, these were just sad people. So the people that I just told you about, they're the ones that people see in the hotel. Those people are alive alive and well, we're going to say, um, to the point that the manager, the manager, the current manager, like if you call him and ask him, and you can do this, guys, you can call him and ask him, he will tell you that they are amenities to his hotel. He loves them. He like talks about them like they're just other guests there he you know gets a little concerned when other when other guests are you know they're making complaints but he loves them the housekeeping staff do not they don't love the ghosts to the point that the staff won't go into the rooms on the 19th floor there are like four people that will nobody else will because they're wow. terrified of it um two of the housekeepers quit within like a couple of weeks because they were so tired and this is their the this is a direct quote from one of the housekeepers. They were so tired of Molly's constant harassment. And Molly is a little girl, and we're going to talk about her more. Hmm. Um, one of the housekeepers said that she was in the coffee area before six a.m. She was getting everything ready for that the morning crowd to come in. Nobody was there. The doors were locked, and she heard footsteps run up behind her. And she's like. Like, who's coming up? But she's, you know, got her coffee. She's trying to put everything so she can't turn around. But then she felt something push her at her waist. Like, small hands push her. So she sets everything down, turns around. There's no one there. No one. Hmm. And she still works there. Now, she thought for a while that it might be her daughter. She said this in an interview. She thought it was her daughter who had recently passed. And her daughter worked with her there. But then realized that the sound of the footsteps, they were too small. And the push was too low, and the hands that she felt were too small, so it couldn't have been her daughter, because her daughter was an adult. Um, 
but that's kind of the thing that the housekeepers have to deal with. The housekeepers are constantly, they get pushed. They hear footsteps running past them all the time. And those footsteps are Molly. So Molly is the little girl with the red ball. And Molly is never seen without her red ball. She always has it. And nobody's quite sure of the significance of why she still has this ball, aside from the fact that she chased it off of the balcony. But, I mean, balls don't have ghosts. So like, that's kind of strange. But she always has it. Um she will run up and down the halls in the middle of the night to the point that they have on record that guests have called to be like, hey, uh, there's a child with no parent and it's like three in the morning and she's just running up and down the hall bouncing a ball. Can someone please figure out where her parents are? This isn't safe. And they'll go and look and there will be no one there and they won't have any like children checked into the floor because it's always on the 19th floor. So... She'll do that sort of thing. Um, she is often seen, like, just running around and playing. Um, but she's also seen and heard screaming. She just is screaming, like, blood-curdling screams. Uh, crying and rocking back and forth in corners with her red ball. Oh. You can also see her ball roll down the hall by itself sometimes. Like, you won't see her, but you'll see her ball. And it just rolls around. And that's her thing to do. Um, and she does like to, to do that, like, in front of guests. She likes to interact with people, I feel like. Because oh, all the stories I've read, <laughs> it's like, she's the one that's, she's touching people. And not in, a, like, a mean way, like a playful, childlike way. But there's also no. something clearly, like, wrong. <laughs> No, no, Given no. The, I don't like child no, ghosts. You know what I, the thing that gets me the most is the, like, sitting in a corner rocking back and forth. Like, that, yeah. that is... Something's wrong. Something's, yeah. It's That's just not... Not... Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not right. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't it. like that at all. At all. Um, but Molly is, is definitely their most active ghost. They're the one... That's the one that most people see when they go in. Um, the manager has seen it. The bartender loves Molly so much that they named a drink after her because they see her so often. Um, another, another thing that is seen quite a bit is the couple. A couple dancing in what used to be the ballroom. And they're not paying attention. They don't see anything around them. They're just dancing and they're wearing very like old style clothing and they're just very much immersed in one another dancing and you'll hear music playing that shouldn't be playing. Like there's no intercom or anything there that would play music anymore Mm because it's not technically a ballroom anymore. Um, It's like their like lobby area, (laughs) Um, but you'll Mm -hmm. hear music come on and then if you're lucky, you'll see the couple just making their rounds, dancing through and that one is reported kind of a lot people are like uh what's what's going on here what's happening here that's so strange so strange my personal favorite though is there's a woman <laughs> this is so messed up there's a woman who likes to she she's not sure where she should be so she's just wherever she feels like she should be on the 19th floor um she's only on the 19th floor she she'll just go into occupied rooms and she just lingers around um, uh-uh. right. They've gotten calls at the front desk saying somebody just walked into my room. Like there's someone in my room or someone called saying that they went into their room and there was a woman standing there and they immediately like closed the door, went back downstairs and they were like, we, you know, you gave us a room that was occupied, blah, blah, blah. 
No, no, it wasn't occupied. It was just this woman who is not identified. They need to just close off the 19th floor to guests. Well, I think they tried that at one point, but um, we'll get into that. So the woman (laughs) that lingers in rooms, the thing that, that gets me the most is one guest, and this wasn't, this wasn't a story I found. This was actually someone had commented on a video because I went on a rabbit trail looking at all these different videos that people had done. And one person, it was a young woman, she said that she thought she was crazy because she woke up in the middle of the night with a gray outline of a woman hovering over her body in the bed. <gasps> uh uh-uh. mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. That's like Ghostbuster style. Yes. I just, that, the whole thought of that, of, like, a person being face-to-face with me, like... That's terrifying. Right. Now, none of those ghosts are, like, hurting anybody, you know? Um, They're not, like, dark forces or anything like that, but that's still really freaking scary. We don't think. We don't think. We don't know. We don't know. Um, No one's gotten, like, hurt that we know of. Um, But... The the 19th floor is absolutely the most active. We've got lights flickering in the halls, despite the fact that they've had, you know, electricians check to make sure, like, is everything sound, everything good? It's been remodeled. Um, everything's been updated, but the lights still flicker, especially when Molly's around, which I find strange. Well, she's sucking all the energy so she can yeah, be seen. Yeah, but it's not happening very much with the other ones. It's just Molly. But I feel like... Well, she's trying to be she seen is. more, though. Like, she's trying to interact yeah, with people Molly more. Molly manifests so. a lot more than the other ones. Um, doors will open and close by themselves on the 19th floor in the middle of the night. No, thank you. People will complain about that. Um, remotes, like the remote controls in the rooms on the 19th floor, will either move on their own from one place to another. Like, you can watch them move. Mm-mm. Or they'll disappear. They just vanish. Like... They'll turn around and then go back to grab the remote and it'll be gone. And they will never be found again. They have to rebuy. They buy new ones. I want to know where they're putting the remotes. Like, where are the remotes? Yeah. Where are they? Where are they going? Where are they going? With the socks. Um, And then (laughs) in the 19th floor, hands unseen, like, will touch you. You will recognize (laughs) the sensation as a hand touching you. But there will not be anything there. And that happens a lot on the 19th floor. I don't like it. People don't like going to the 19th floor. Some people do. Some of the, like, ghosty people like to go and stay on the 19th floor. Um, But most people are not like, you know what, let's let's go to the 19th floor. Let's go hang out. They'll get their hotel room. And the hotel rooms are very, very inexpensive. You know, beautiful hotel, an inexpensive hotel. They'll get their key. They'll get on the elevator. And they'll push, like, one particular story was they, they went to go to the 6th floor. The elevator decided, no, you're not going to the sixth floor. And it took them all the way up to the 19th floor. And when they were like, this isn't where I want to go, it took them all the way to the ground floor. So then they pushed six again, and it took them all the way back up to the 19th floor. Oh, and it God. does this. That's when you Ele- get off and you use the stairs or you just leave. Well, they've got two elevators, and it doesn't happen with elevator number one. Um, elevator number one apparently is a is a newer one, I, I'm, I'm assuming, because that one is completely functional and everything. The other one, elevator two, has had to have many repairs already, and that one will go up and back and forth from ground floor to 19th floor over and over. No one will get on. No one will get off. It just, on its own, you'll hear the, you know, the doors open, the doors close, up, back down. They've checked, like, the cameras. No one's on there. But that's what it does. And then when people are on there, they're like, why am I on the 19th floor? What am I doing here? 
So uh, that's one of the things that happens. But my favorite of all the things that I found was I watched tons of investigators because they're very kind to the ghost community. They, the manager, the manager, I feel like he, he's like us. He's got so much fascination mm -hmm. in what's going on in his hotel because it's very much his hotel um, that he loves to be accommodating to people who are trying to just understand. So he lets people have these you know, full investigations on the 19th floor and he makes sure that it's, you know, quiet so that they can get good recordings and all of that. And it's wonderful. Um, but they went onto the 19th floor, this group, and they pulled out my favorite thing ever, the ghost box. <laughs> um, and I got to be honest, I've watched a lot of videos of people using the ghost box and I've never heard one behave the way that theirs did. It was very strange. And I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you a link to the video just because I want you to hear it because you're going to be like, what is going on? But the ghost box is on the table. They're all sitting around the table. And one of the men says, we thought we heard you crying before. And very clearly, like clear as day, you hear a little girl's voice say, I did. <sighs> and they're, they're all like, oh, like very visibly taken aback. And then one of the men says, did you tip the chair? Did you move my shoes? Because at some point while he was in the room, he had taken his shoes off. He was sitting on another chair and then one of the other chairs tipped over and then his shoes slid across the floor. Holy crap. And the voice came back on and said, I did. Same little girl, different tone. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a repetition thing. It was mm -hmm. different tone. Um, and then they're just sitting there, you know, listening. And all of a sudden, a man's voice comes over, and the man says, what do you want? And all of us, like, the, the whole table is like, oh, what, what? Did he just, did you hear that? Like, they're all, like, baffled, like, because they think they're talking to just Molly. Mm -hmm. And they make the rational decision to start introducing themselves, like, this is who we are. The one man introduces himself as Robert. And two female voices come on, and one says, Bob, and the other one says, hey, Bobby. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is when the ghost box starts acting really strange to me. Like, it's honest to goodness one of the things. I've never encountered this before. It sounded like hundreds of voices were trying to get through. Like, almost like violin music because of how much sound was coming through. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's an unusual sound because normally it's like almost like a clicking noise. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear it. It wasn't like that. It sounded like someone was like playing like a violin or something, but it also sounded like a room full of people all talking at the same time. Wow. Like I don't know how to explain it. It was really strange. So they, they switch rooms. They go to a different room on the 19th floor and they start to notice that they can hear a voice, but they can't quite make it out. It's kind of indistinguishable it's not quite loud enough so one of the men says what floor is this and a male voice says the 19th and they ask him what's your name and he says michael welcome wow they're all like goosebumps you know because mm -hmm. this this voice has told him his their name or his name and welcomed them to the 19th floor and one of the people gets this wild idea to ask a pressing question and says, did you come here to jump? And a female voice immediately responds and says, no help. Wow. In insane. My personal favorite though, was they, they said, why do you stay on the 19th floor? The audio 
all of a sudden gets really, really fast, very loud. And you can't make out much. It sounds like it sounds like someone is ranting for a minute. And the only thing that you can hear, the only like real clear word is when he, he ends the sentence and says the N word. Really? Mm-hmm. The N word. And for some reason that made me like when I heard it, cause you can hear it clear as day. Like you don't need the subtitles to be like, this is what it says. Right. Clear as day. I was like, what? what this he's just he said this whole rant about why he's staying on the 19th floor because they don't leave the 19th floor except molly molly will leave the 19th floor sometimes but not often um nobody else does and then the couple dancing the couple dancing but they're that's the only place they are yeah you know but you don't get touched or pushed or right like nothing else happens except on the 19th floor um so to have this whole like rant and then end it with the n-word it just gave me chills i'm like what is the n-word like, what does that mean? I want to know. Um, they asked how many people jumped from the building. And a child voice says, very sadful, like, sadful, sadfully, <laughs> very mournfully, says lots. And as soon as she says it, and it's, it's just such a, such a strange child way of speaking, you know, mm-hmm. a woman's voice comes over and says, speak up. Wow. Like, she's telling her, which I wondered, is that the mother and the child? That jumped. Oh my gosh! And she's still instructing her child on how to communicate. Because you know, when you're mm-hmm. you're a mom, your kids are talking. You're like, "Speak up, honey. They can't hear you." Yeah. Um. So it, it also repeats the names of all the people that are in the room because they're like, "Okay, if it's really you, you know, and this isn't like an accident, can you say my name?" And they repeated all the names of everybody in the room, and then it gets quiet, and. The man who's kind of in charge says, are you not interested in talking anymore? And as clear as day. Now, I heard this. They didn't say anything about this, but I heard it clear as day. And I had my kids, like, walk in the room. And they were like, what was that? Because they heard it, too. Clear as day, a man's voice says, go home. And it just, like. Wow. And that was the end. Like, there was, they couldn't get any more from the ghost box. Nothing. Um, They did another video where they went to different rooms and had a lot of the same responses, a lot of, like, conversations about, like, you know, move this, move that, and things moved and all that jazz. Um, but my personal favorite is a hobby hunting team went in. I always love people who don't know what they're doing. They go in with a camera, not like a special camera. It's like a cell phone camera. Mm-hmm. And they're lurking somewhere where they shouldn't be. You can tell they're not supposed to be there because they're saying to be quiet, like, people will hear, blah, blah, blah. They're not supposed to be wherever they are. And you can hear over the people talking to each other breathing. Oh. Like, you know that mouth breather that you have in school? That's what it sounds like. And the woman notices it. And she's like, stop breathing like that. And the guy was like, "I'm I'm not doing that. Like, it's not me. And you can still hear the breathing, even though they're arguing with each other at this point, which is like, guys, conduct yourself like professionals, please. Um, (laughs) But the lady starts to say, like, she, she starts to taunt. She goes all, like, Zach on oh it. And she's God. like, you better show yourself or I'm going to drag your butt out here. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, the breathing gets silent. And then clear as can be, like someone was standing right in front of them, it says, listen, hide. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what part of the building they were in. And I did send their staff an email to see if I could find out where. Um, because, like I said, they're very accommodating. I haven't heard anything back yet, so 
maybe they were investigating, like, why are people in this place that they're not supposed to be? Because mm-hmm. I, it looks like a basement level, to be honest. Like, a, like it's all, like, cement walls mm-hmm. and, you know, an exit sign and a big steel door. It's, it does not match the glam of the upstairs, like, right. the main levels. Um, this, I assume, would be, like, where the, you know, the boiler room is and stuff. Like, the laundry um, facilities and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. They shouldn't have been there. Um, but... That's that's the scariest part, I think, is, I mean, that's the only thing that seemed kind of foreboding, like, mm-hmm. you missing hide. But they were also trying to hide. They didn't want mm-hmm. to be found back there filming, so it's almost right. like the ghost Maybe it was, was like, a warning. accommodating them, like, it was like you listen, aren't supposed we, to be here. We want you to be able to tell your story. Yeah. But seriously, guys, like, don't threaten ghosts. Like, if you're going to go places, don't be like, I'm going to drag a boat out here myself. of the dead. Number one, you ain't dragging crap out because they're dead. They're ghosts. And if they manifest enough for you to grab them, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Don't you know this by now? Seriously. Um, but everything else in that hotel, I mean, Molly's a little bit mischievous. And a lady who likes to just randomly hover over your body in bed. Uh, I don't it's like spooky, that. But they're not, you're not going to walk out, like, clawed up and, you know, like. Um, yeah. Just, blood dripping sounds. Just, I don't or, like it. But uh, that's where I tried to take Kirsten for our last night together, and she she said no. Uh, Which I don't hand, think you would have stayed there anyway, because we just tried to stay at like a normal hotel in downtown Baltimore, and it was sketchy. It was so sketchy. I didn't want no, that place was bad. It really was. It really was. But I did find out where the uh, Baltimore Lord Baltimore Hotel is, and it was literally like right down the road from the aquarium. Oh, really? Yeah, it was right there. So we could have just driven past it? Yeah. And they have free parking and everything right there. Like, it's, like, all on site and all that stuff. And, and like, $5 valet parking, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, But I did, I'm not going to lie, I found out they have a romance package. Oh, Lord. And I sent it to my husband. And I said, listen, look and listen, Mother's Day is coming. And I want to go. And he's like, you don't want to go to a haunted hotel. I was like, oh, yes, I do. I want champagne, I want roses, and I want to go sit on the 19th floor, but I don't want to stay on the 19th floor. I want, to, <laughs> I want a room on a different floor, but I want to be able to go up to the 19th floor. And apparently, if you ask them nicely, the manager will let you go up there and will let, let you go into rooms and stuff that are not occupied. So, I'm crossing my fingers that I can go. You have fun wanna, with that. I just want to see, honestly, the thing I want to see, I want to see the couple dancing. There's something about that that's so wildly romantic to me. Well, that was in that, the Monte Vista in Arizona, too, remember? Yeah. A couple Isn't of that, the ghosts that were in there were dancing. Yeah. Isn't that just, like, incredibly romantic? Kind I, of. It's also I creepy it. to me. It's like, go it's, like go towards the light. Move on. <laughs> maybe that's their heaven, you know? I don't know. They're, they're together forever in the place that they decided to jump off of a building. <laughs> I don't know. It's just strange. Ghosts in general just creep me out. It's just creepy. I like like talking about them. I've said this before. I like talking about them and reading stories about them. I don't want to have my own. I've had experiences before. I don't want to have any more. (laughs) Yeah. I'm good. I can understand that. It's just creepy, especially ghost children and anything that touches me. I don't want to be touched. I can understand that. I think, I don't know. Some some places I don't want to go. There are definitely places that I won't go. Like, I will never go to Penhurst. Yeah. I won't step foot on there. And it's less to do with, like, me being afraid of the people and more to do with, like, just the absolute evil that went on there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I won't go there. I have my, I don't know, my reservations about Eastern State Penitentiary. It's just fascinating. It is. And that's like why I would, I would love to go in the daytime with a crowd of people. Right. (laughs) Um, But most of the stuff, like, as long as it's not some dark force, like I'm not dealing with demons. No, 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 no. No, if there's a place where people have been, like, beat up, and there's one place in England that I was reading about, and it was, like, this lady getting thrown around her room and stuff, and I was like, yeah, no. No. Mm-mm. That's that's not cool. That's not cool. I'd go to Gettysburg College, though, in, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do that either. I just want to go take the elevator to the basement. <laughs> You're oh, crazy. I just think it's it's almost, like, magical. Like, it just, it kills me, and I love it so much. Did I tell you about the cemetery that I found by my house recently? No, are there ghosts? Well, I mean, probably. I haven't investigated that. But I found a waterfall. Yeah. You saw pictures. I posted pictures of it. It's like 15 minutes from my house, this really beautiful waterfall that I had, and I've lived here six years, and I had never seen it before. But to get to the waterfall, you park in front of a really old cemetery. Ooh, And um, Mark and I went last weekend and I was walking through the cemetery just looking at some of the headstones and stuff because they're very, very old. And a lot of them are even broken down to just like a stump of a piece of concrete or whatever. So you can't even read it. But there's a lot of Confederate Army soldiers buried there. Mm -hmm. And the saddest part to me was the family plots. Oh, yeah. Because they were like... A lot of the people buried there were born in the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And so they would have a lot of children, but the children didn't live very long. And some of them oh, died at birth. That's so sad. So some of these family plots had like five or six headstones just for the kids. And they were all babies. Oh. And it was so sad. That is sad. Yeah. There was one family like right at the trailhead. That was the mom and dad's headstone, and then there were like six or seven um, smaller headstones behind them, and five of them were under the age of one. Oh my gosh, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. And on the mother's headstone, it said something about being a loving mother. I'm like, God, can you imagine the heartbreak that's of losing terrible. your children like that? No, a couple I can't. of them would say born and died on, and it was the same day, so they were either stillborn or they died the day that That's they were. It was so, so, oh my god, it was heartbreaking. There were two or three big family plots like that in this cemetery with a oh. lot of babies, and then uh, the founder of the church down there was one of the headstones, and she was born in like 1792 or something. I was like, this is freaking cool. It's so cool to me to see headstones that old. Yeah, that is cool. I do like I, I do like that part. My uh, my mom lives right by a cemetery, and it's got like walking trails through it. Yeah. So we'll occasionally go like weirdos. Yeah. Walking through cemeteries. I'm just I was just fascinated by it, and um, yeah. Mark kept telling me how weird I was, but I was like, it's, it's not just, weird. It's it's just you know, fascinating to me because, and like for this one, there there like I said, there were some Confederate army soldiers who were buried there and it had the confederate flag and it said confederate states army and all that on the headstone and yes like a lot of those men were like 20 years old when they died because they died during the war and yeah um 
it was just sad. And like some of them were like Brigadier General, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this is just really cool. This is history. History. You know? Yeah. I think in a way, honestly, and I and this is why I think I like cemeteries, but I also dislike cemeteries because they sometimes spook me. Um, I've seen enough zombie movies to know I'm not going to stay there. The one night. by the hotel no. we stayed in in Baltimore, you were too scared to get out. I wasn't going to get out. We drove through it, but you didn't want to get out. I didn't want to get out of that. I, that one gave me a weird vibe. I've really? Been in like, it did, and I don't know why, but it made the like hairs in the back of my neck stand up. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I felt cold all over. I just uh, didn't like it how, how so I felt there. There must have been something hanging out there. But... And I've been in other cemeteries that give me that vibe where I'm like, I got to go. I can't. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Like, I've been in cemeteries or even, like, old buildings where I'll start to feel like I'm being suffocated, where I'm like, I have to go now. I um, feel like that a lot. Like, I had that experience when my husband's stepfather died. Uh-huh. Um, we went to meet up with his mom and sister at the funeral home, and yeah. I couldn't breathe in the funeral home. I had to leave. It's yeah. like, I can't. I, and I apologize profusely to the family I was like I don't know what's wrong but I cannot be here right now yeah and it was yep. just this like suffocating yeah heaviness and I was like I don't I don't know I I can't I can't yeah. handle it yep that's why I didn't want to get out of the car there but there are some cemeteries that you're just like oh okay like it's like a very peaceful place yeah but I feel and this like... one this one is this one down yeah. the street it's very small mm-hmm. it's very very old and there's, like, these huge magnolia trees growing up all through it. Right. And it's just, it's beautiful. And the sun was coming through. And it was just really pretty, mm-hmm. like, the, when we were there last weekend. And it wasn't scary at all. It was fascinating. That's nice. That's nice. I like cemeteries like that. And I feel like when you go and you, like, look at headstones and stuff, you're kind of doing what they intended. Like, they leave the headstones so that they're not quite forgotten. Yeah. And when you go and you see, like, like you saw families, you were able to put together, like, what that must have been like and recognize, like, the heartache of a mother mm-hmm. from so many years ago. I feel like that's almost like paying respect. Like, I love yeah. it. It's, it. And especially mothers. Like, yeah. that stuff, like, you can sit there and be like, like, I feel you, mama. That's hard. Yeah. And, like, so sad. Thank the I mean, Lord you're with your babies now because, yeah, because you know. I mean, some of the babies, they weren't even named. They died at birth and they didn't have names. It just said infant and it would have the, you know, born and died on and it would have the date. That's so sad. It was very sad. Oh, yeah. It was really that. interesting, though. It was cool to walk through there. Yeah. And like I said, some of the headstones were so old that they were just like nubs. <laughs> so, I mean. It's insane. Yeah. Really, really old. You ever been in a cemetery where the headstone, where it's like so old, the the ground has even started to sink in and the headstone starts to go under the ground? The ones in Ireland were like that. There were a lot of them in Ireland that were like that. Those spook me. <laughs> we went to an abbey one of the yeah. first days that we were in Ireland last summer. We went mm-hmm. to an old abbey that had like the, the ceiling had come like caved in. So it was just open to the sky. But the oh, cemetery wow. around the abbey was like that. And there were some really, really old headstones there that had kind of started to dip into the hill a little bit. And you couldn't even read the inscriptions on them because they were just so weathered and stuff. But That's it was, amazing, though. Yeah. And those. It was beautiful. It was. It was really beautiful. And those were, you know, like 1400s people. Wow. It was amazing to see some of the dates oh, on those gosh. things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's an incredible experience, like, just to see that. I mean, as long as there weren't ghosts. And, I, I mean, Ireland, I feel like there's nothing but ghosts. 
I mean, it was a bright sunny that? day when we were there, which is very so. rare for Ireland anyway. But it was a bright sunny day, and it was beautiful. And I got some really great pictures of like the Abbey. You need on the to go back and, and look through those pictures. All this stuff, yeah. <laughs> go back and see if there's any spirits. Just like, wait, um, something's out of place here. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting too because apparently people can still be buried there because there were some recent. Um, oh, I don't like the headstones no, no, there. No. And I was like, that's kind of interesting because it was an, I mean, they don't obviously don't have church there anymore. It's and it's, right. you know, falling apart. But yeah, there were some, I guess it's families of, you know, yeah. like their descendants or whatever were buried there. It was really wow. interesting. But yeah, people who had been born in like the 1400s on were wow. buried there. It was very cool. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. It's really interesting. Ireland, I'm coming for you. Just keep <sighs> your ghosts at bay. Heck yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'll go with you. Okay. I loved Ireland. It. It's amazing. The pictures were just incredible. Like it's... the pictures alone. And you were taking pictures with like your cell phone, weren't you? And they look like a uh, postcard. Some of them, no. Most of them I used my DSLR. Oh, well, they all but, look like a postcard. They were yeah. all incredible. There's not a part of Ireland that's not pretty. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, the city streets are gorgeous because it's like the cobblestones and then every building is a different color and the doors are all of these vivid colors. Oh, I love that. Because that's, you know, the the pubs, the men used to get lost and yeah. go into the wrong house. So the wives started painting their doors different colors. <laughs> did you know amazing. that that's why? I that's why. did not know that. I thought yeah. It was just the, the men would wake up people. in the wrong woman's bed. <gasps> oh, yeah. scandalous. Yeah, and so the That's wives amazing. were like, we're painting our doors, and you just have to go home to the yellow door or the red door or whatever. So all the doors are different colors, and the houses are different colors. That's amazing. I love that so <laughs> that's, much. That's why. The men, and they're sleeping in the wrong beds. Could yeah. you imagine, like, the, the horror, though, of waking up to find out that there's a different man in your bed? Depending on who you are, you might enjoy it. Like, Some of them what? women were like, hey, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, but, but imagine the poor man having to go home to his wife. Oh, God. Yeah. Bless his soul. Yeah. Waking up and your husband's not in your bed, then you start getting a little worried. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Because, I mean, like, every few doors is yeah. a pub. There's, they're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Nice. Everybody drinks in Ireland. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's hysterical. That's awesome. That Guys, is. we want to hear your stories. Tell us your stories. Honestly, send us some good stories. If you've been traveling and you've seen some cool stuff, it doesn't even have to be a ghost story. If it's just like a cool story and you've seen some cool headstones or whatever, Spooky tell us stuff. about it. Anything. Yeah, let us know. We'd tell love to share it. Unexplained mysteries. There you go. Talk to, I dare you. I'm going to dare you. I'm challenging you to go ask your family members because if you still have some really awesome grandparents alive, I wish I could still talk to my grandparents about stuff. I guarantee you they've got stories. Probably. My grandparents had stories. Mm-hmm. So go talk to somebody in your family. Do it. And be like, hey, do we have anything weird that's ever happened? And they'll be like, yeah, here you go. And then you'll send it to us and we'll read it. <laughs> well, read it. We'll bank off of your family <laughs> stories. Right. It'll be awesome. <laughs> it's funny what you don't know about your family, because I didn't know no. until recently that one of my great aunts had been murdered in her own house. Oh, my gosh. Years and years ago, I never knew that. Well, I asked my mom, I was like, do we have any murder? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? We do? It was one of those questions I didn't expect to get an answer to. But yeah, oh. apparently my great aunt was in her 70s and somebody broke into her house and killed her. 
They killed a little old woman in her house. They raped her, too. <gasps> yeah. It was really bad. That's terrible. I know. It's awful. Did they get him? Did they get the guy? Nope. Oh, see, now I'm even more mad. I know. Nope. That's not cool. Yep. Her husband had already passed, and she lived in this big, fancy house. And I guess they thought that she had a lot of, like, expensive stuff, which she didn't. But, yeah, they broke in, and apparently she was home when they did. And so they did stuff, and it was not That's good and never awful. solved. Yeah. Awful. Isn't that, that terrible? terrible? me. It is terrible. Crimes against little old ladies make me extremely mad. There was one story, though, that I loved because someone had tried that. And the old lady bit it off. <gasps> That's awesome. Yeah. That's I was like, you got awesome. yours. Yeah. You got yours. Yeah. You're like, yep. let me show you what my dentures can do. Yep. You go, lady. You go. It was this little old lady, too. She was like, uh-uh, I was not going to have this. I was like, <laughs> girl, you are amazing. I know. That's amazing. awesome. Amazing. Can so. you imagine being the dude and having to tell that story? Nope. <laughs> That's what he but gets. That's what that's, he gets. That is. And they weren't, like, super shy about it. It was, like, on the news and stuff. So it was, like, his picture and then this little old lady, like, yeah, this, yeah. And it was, like, a young dude. Like, I think 20s. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Bummer she for got him. his. Bummer for him. Don't be a <laughs> creep and you won't have to worry about this stuff, guys. That's right. <laughs> There you go. Don't be a creep. Don't be a creep. Send your stories. <laughs> Girls and want them. Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And that's Thanks, it. guys. Have a Bye. great weekend. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag girlsandghouls or tag us at girlsandghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.